I'm Wanda Olubala, and this is my podcast, That Social Work Lady. Let's build community. I have nearly three decades of experience in social work. I've only worked in urban centers. The primary focus of my practice is children and their families. I invest in children. I help create environments where children are seen, heard, nurtured, cherished, and safe to explore both their internal and external worlds. I am dedicated to helping adults repair and strengthen their primary relationships in such a way that they bring up competent, healthy, successful families where positive self-esteem and self-concept are the norm. Individuals and families make community. So when I say to you, let's build community, I'm speaking to the inherent human desire to belong. Here is where you belong. Thank you for being a part of my community. Let's build. I'm Wanda Olubala, and this is my podcast, That Social Work Lady. I am welcoming back to the couch uh, a magnificent community organizer. Um, I have known this woman my entire life, all 50 years that I have been drawing breath, um, because she is my mother, Yvonne Jones. Um, and I want her to first begin by sharing with us some of the organizations that she has um, been working with over these last few years. So, okay, so mommy, I know that you are a community organizer and an activist. Tell us about some of the work that you've been doing over these last few years. Well, the last few years, you know, I think most of my focus has was on, you know, making the community better for the children. Mm-hmm. That's that's the hard thread. That's mm-hmm. my thread. But and and part of that. So I've been involved with um, different groups. Uh, as you know, you know, we have the fundraiser for our little school in Sierra Leone. Tell us about it. So um, some of the ladies that I know started this school in Freetown, Sierra Leone. It's a preschool mm-hmm. for what they call the mothers of the women who have to go to the market mm-hmm. to make a living. Right. And and they when I say go to the market, they take whatever little wares they have or food and sell it daily in order to make a living for themselves and their family. Mm-hmm. But in the midst of doing this, they don't have any place safe for their children. So the ladies, uh, some of the ladies in Sierra Leone and some of the ladies in the United States wanted to put together a, a preschool. It would be a, a equivalent to a preschool in the United States. Like a Head Start. A Head Start program mm-hmm. where the children can go and learn. So we do a fundraiser, and we've been doing it for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And it started off with uh, just if you give us $35, we can send a kid to school for the whole year. Mm-hmm. And people was like, what, $35? But And that includes the uniform. And that includes the uniform. But the school is, is not, it, it's just a shack with, with rows of tables, little desks for the children. Mm-hmm. And they provide, but it is more than adequate. 
Right. It gives them what they need. It is a one-room schoolhouse. Yes, Yes. it gives them what they need. And we have uh, worked with the women in Sierra Leone on this project for over 20 years. Um, It it gives us great joy to be a part of it. In addition to raising the money to send to them, we collect supplies, Mm -hmm. clothes, and all kinds of things. Now, we do the same thing for the United States. We're just small group of women, working women. Mm-hmm. But wherever we find ourselves, we share our resources right. with particularly any children who are brought to our attention that need our help. Yes. If they need school supplies. I know another group of women that that's, that's all they do. They collect school supplies all year. And they give them out to children. And have as, as a result. So so in this community, so my, my mother's community of friends have made a decision. They made an intentional decision to be a support unit for black children. And black children in, in their own community here in Detroit, Michigan, as well as uh, black children who are located throughout the United States, in the South, in, in the West, in the East. And then also they have been funding, I need y'all to hear, they have been funding a preschool in Freetown, Sierra Leone for 20 years. Plus. 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. And this is just my mother. And her girlfriends coming together and saying, we need to help. Right. We need to make a difference. We need to make sure that children have what they need. Right. So tell us a little bit more about this uh, collection of school supplies. Well, it's like these, this group of sisters, they started it. And um, they remember as children, because when we were children, School supplies weren't free. Your parents had to buy them. Mm-hmm. And they could say all the time when school started, they would never get their school supplies on time because their mother didn't have the money. Mm-hmm. And once they became adults, they said that as long as they were around and they knew of any child who didn't have school supplies, that they would supply them. Mm-hmm. So it's been a long something that they've been doing for the last 40 years, and they made us a part of it. And, and – uh and as a result, you know, they give you and your they children absolutely have. boxes and boxes of they school supplies. They absolutely have. They have been the supplying kids, kids that I work with yeah. supplies for mm-hmm. years, yes. Mm-hmm. And and anybody else, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I think one of the other groups that I just, you know, big group, is, uh, you know, North End Youth Improvement Associ- uh, Council mm-hmm. with Dolores Bennett. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. The Honorable Mrs. Dolores Bennett. And Dolores Bennett uh, started working with her. That's been now probably over almost 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and But she, Miss Bennett, had been doing the work, was doing the work for over 60 years. Yes. Before she passed a few years back. And Miss Bennett's uh, philosophy was, you know, just always help. And... She, in her neighborhood, it started off with her just wanting to help a few kids in the neighborhood mm-hmm. to help them during the Christmas season to get Christmas gifts they didn't have. It started in the basement of her home. Right. And she just got together with a few people, and they just 
bought some kids some gifts. Right. And each year it got it, it got bigger and bigger and bigger. Because it was so much need. And each she would outgrow locations. Mm-hmm. She started in her home. She moved to what was the Feltz Lounge on the north end to the Considine Recreation Center to Cobra Hall. Right, which is now the TCF Center. Mm-hmm. Yes. And every year, the first uh, Friday in December, for the last 53 years or plus, they have supplied through, a, what you could say, through an army of adults yes. support. Because the way the program works is that Miss um, Bennett called together this group of people to work with her. And then they call together people. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not even about raising money. It's about each person agreeing to take a child and buy that child Christmas gifts. Right. That would include a warm coat, some clothes, and a toy. toy. Yes. And that's all. And you can do as much as you want, but that at minimum. Right. And you don't have to give her any money. And she asked that you come to this event and present this child with these presents. And if you ever had an opportunity mm-hmm. to attend one of those events and you would see all of these children. Yes. And all of these adults. Mm-hmm. It just makes your heart melt. And we're talking about the North End Youth Improvement Council Adopt a Child for Christmas mm-hmm. program that occurs every year for the last 54 years, 55, it would have been 55, but COVID interrupted us, um, at the TCF Center in Detroit. It's actually in the Guinness Book of World Records as the largest Christmas um, donation giveaway event of its kind. Yeah, It really is. It is the largest. I believe that between as many as 5,000 families have been served through that program with every single child, every year with every single child who goes through the program receiving a coat for winter, warm clothes, and at least a toy. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, people go way over the top. Way over. Computers, video games, bikes. bikes. (laughs) Kids are just, just falling on the floor, you know. And the the thing that's so amazing about it is that this was all conceived and organized and ran by one woman. Yes, Mrs. Dolores her, Bennett from yep. her dining room table. Yeah, yeah. And I became a big supporter of Miss Bennett's with the Adopt a Child program, becoming one of her key uh, organizers mm-hmm. and working directly with her. And not just, and she don't stop there. She don't just stop at Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a park that she, that was just a dirt park that she worked with the people in the neighborhood, with the children to clean up. And even in Detroit's uh, downtime, when they weren't maintaining parts, that park was always clean mm-hmm. and maintained because there was a Miss Bennett there mm-hmm. to make sure that the children had somewhere clean and safe Absolutely. to play, you know. So... That's that's just, you know, part of being involved in your community. And you like you say, it's it's what we I wanna say like there's so many people out there what we call unsung heroes that yes. no one know about that these people are working and particularly for me, women, 
And I, I met this other woman that she, literally she just took it upon herself that she needed to feed everybody. Right. And she would go around and collect food from grocery stores or pantries or people that they were going to throw away. Mm-hmm. And literally she would drive around every single day since the eighties. Yep. 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 And if she see you standing years. on the corner, she would give you something to yep, eat for 40 years. And that's, that was her mission to feed people on her own. Not no one helping her just, and she built an organization with that called Wilma's Angels of Mercy. Mm-hmm. And she would get people to donate to her and she would just drive around and give it to people. And I, you know, became a part of, of her ministry as well. Yeah. And um, we lost uh, Miss Wilma and last yeah, year. Too. And I believe we lost her to COVID and we didn't even know because mm-hmm. she just up and died. Yeah. You see her riding around with her little, in her little white van. Yep. And, um, and she always had a heart for the homeless. Yeah. Because she would make sure that what she had, that they could didn't have to go anywhere to cook it. You know, things that other people wasn't thinking about. You're giving them all this food, but they if they are homeless, they have nowhere to cook it. Right. So she would always make sure she had prepared food. Yeah, we had sandwiches yeah. and cookies and, yeah. and everything would already be prepackaged and, and nicely presented. She didn't give folks junk. No, she didn't give you junk. She, she didn't made give sure, you junk. Yeah. yeah. Hot in the this kind of weather, she'd drive around with a big canister of hot water, mm-hmm. and she'd have little individual packets of hot chocolate and tea. She'd give you a cup, give you a cup of tea. I mean, a tea bag or a hot chocolate bag and a cup. Put you mm-hmm. some water in there so you could, you know, warm yourself up. Just uh, trying to make life bearable, right? A more bearable, right? For the people in the community. So then we, so we start off the conversation discussing. Your your girlfriends, just your girlfriends, your group of the group of women that, that you um, connect with and how you all have been funding a preschool in Freetown, Sierra Leone for over 20 years, as well as um, been responsible for supporting and sponsoring entire schools because <laughs> because they've been, they've sponsored entire schools here in the United States in our own communities with school supplies. And then we talked about Miss Dolores Bennett. And and how she started doing a Christmas giveaway out of her basement, and it went and grew to become a um, a, a a historical um, Christmas giveaway donation that serves over five, nearly five thousand families every Christmas to a Williams to Wilma's um, Angels of Mercy, um, a woman who basically from her truck fed the homeless. In the Tri-County area. Mm-hmm. So when you think about those things, those examples, then what does community really mean to you? Com- community means to me, it's, it's like, community means anybody that crossed your path, you have, you know, a responsibility to show them your humanity. Mm. It's like, it doesn't matter that's what deep, station mommy. in life they're at. Yeah, that's deep. Yeah, because a lot of times we think community is just our neighbors mm-hmm. or our family. But we come in contact with all kind of people. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I, I, I even some of, uh, like, one group that I'm with that I would never thought I would be with this group where we just, the moratorium now. Mm-hmm. It's just like people from all walks of life. People who are homeless. Yeah. To people who have 
you know, are scholars, mm-hmm. literally scholars, but all working together to make our society one that serves everyone. Mm-hmm. A society that works for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever name you want to call it. Okay. You know, people get scared when you say socialism mm-hmm. because you want to provide health care. Because you want to make sure that everyone has a living wage. Mm-hmm. Because you want to make sure that people are not thrown out in the wintertime or thrown out, period, because of predatory lenders. Mm. But because your goal is to put back humanity, to bring humanity to a world who has lost it. Mm-hmm. You know? mm. So when we think about so, and that's, I believe, was at the root of John Lewis's um request that we all be about the business of building a beloved community. Of course, he got that term from Martin Luther King Jr., but he embraced it and said, you know, and challenged each of us to to be about the business of building a beloved community. So when when you say when when I think about the examples that my mother has set for me, you know, and I and I don't imagine that my mother in, sees herself as um as this big time uh community organizer who uh who's going down in history books. No, I don't. She sees herself as as a woman living her life. Just trying as a I think that one of those last recordings um they asked Cecily Tyson say, "Well, what do you want people to remember about you?" And she just said that I did my best. So you, I want to do my best. Mm-hmm. And my best for me is helping whoever I can help. Mm. Mm. So really, you know, my mother embodies the ideas behind the beloved community. Because in a community, everyone has a voice. And everyone is valued because everyone's humanity is acknowledged. So, and it doesn't matter um, if they are um, someone with a disability, be it physical or mental, right? It doesn't matter if they are rich or if they are homeless. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if they are, you know, a, a, a two parent family or uh, a single person with six kids and five different co-parents. It doesn't matter. The, the reality is, is that each individual, every person has a right to their own humanity. That's right. And they all have a, a way to contribute to society. So I want you to talk a little bit about how you, we, we accept everyone's contribution because that's also a part of community, right? So how do you, how is it that you are able to, to help other people feel included? Right. Because everybody has something to give. Right. And everybody wants to give, mm. no matter how small it may seem or insignificant, you know. Mm-hmm. Even like when you see these ga- people out saying, can I, can I, Put your groceries in the car. Mm-hmm. You know, that's them. They're not, they just want to do something 
they don't want you just to give them something. They want to contribute. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they may just want to do it, just see you and want to do it. So just feel like that they contribute, contributed something. Mm -hmm. So when you're in a, in a group or an organization and people come and they want to help, they want to be a part. Like somebody might say, you know, you may be a great orator. Right. And you may have an organization, but somebody say, I just want to come and keep the floor clean. That's that's necessary. Right. You know, when we look at all the movements and we see the people up front, but what about all the people that was working mm. to keep them going? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I keep thinking about this lady, and we talked about her a few years back, Georgia Gilmore. Okay. Tell her about it. Was instrumental in the civil rights movement. Uh, tell her what she did. And, and Miss Gilmore... She said, I can't do, she literally helped fund the civil rights movement with her cooking. Mm. What she make, mama? All kind of good soul food. <laughs> Say, Dr. King and all his buddies knew, because they couldn't go to the restaurant back mm -hmm. then, that, that when they got to, where were they at in Georgia? When they got there, that Miss Gilmore was going to open up her door and they could eat. And one day, Dr. King told her, "Say this food so good, you ought to have a restaurant. And she said, mm, well, maybe we could sell dinners. And mm -hmm. she got together some of her friends. Mm -hmm. And she said, let's sell dinners so we can help them. And it became so big. And they made so much money that these ladies literally fund a great part of the civil rights movement. So everybody got something to give. Everybody has something to give. And I and that's a lesson that I know that I've gathered from my own, from my mother. And there's a lot of times when um I'm working with a group of kids and and people will say um cuz you know I get to work with I get to work. I get to work cuz it is my privilege to work with children who come from a variety of different backgrounds, right? And everybody ain't, you know, and sometimes that you know they they definitely have some some mental health or some cognitive issues developmentally speaking but that doesn't mean that they can't contribute and that's a lesson that I have learned from my mother and I remember this one time years ago um, I was working in a school and there was a young man there who um, the psychologist had done this test and the test came back that he had borderline IQ so his IQ wasn't low enough for him to be considered um, what we call then uh, mentally impaired, but it wasn't high enough for him to be normal. Right. So he got this news from his mother and he came in my office and he was just weeping. Right. And so he and I had to have a conversation about the fact that who you were before you learned this number is no different from who you are now. Right. And I don't need you to be walking around in this world thinking that this number is what is defining you. I think so, about your children that you would bring to the adopted child, uh -huh. the, the young people from your school. Yeah. And like you said, they all had some kind of right. issues. But I, the attention that these kids yes. would pay, the, they were young people, mm -hmm. that they would pay to the details of what they were doing, they took their assignments so serious. So serious. They wanted to make sure that all the little children that they were assigned to had received their gifts. They were organized. And and one little boy in particular, you know, which yeah. he, he would not leave until 
every task I know, was he, done. He he let he he closed the place down. Yeah, so I, you know, <laughs> and they would yeah. So and he I can remember this down. one one kid that you brought in because we still kind of old school. Got all these papers mm-hmm. we looking through, and the little boy tell you, Miss O, they got too much paper in here. We could do all this on our phone. By just being there for yeah, 10 minutes, yeah. he had reorganized the whole, the whole system. <laughs> yeah, he sure had. So then the little boy that I had that had that got this 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 numbers report, um, he you know, we 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 got through that and then um we had to do this big I uh, did this big assembly on uh on I don't know, it was a dare program, so it's something about don't don't do drugs. So and he came to me, he said, I want to do a speech. And everybody in the school, because this kid had speech therapy and all this other stuff. And they was like, you can't let him give a speech. And I was like, I'm going to let him give a speech. He came to me. He said he won't give a speech. He's going to give a speech. So <laughs> he wrote out this speech. And it took him a good two weeks to write his speech. Because, you know, he, he moved slow. And it wasn't but a couple of paragraphs. I still have it. I still have that speech. And then he said, I'm ready. And so I said, do you want me to read it before you go up there? He's like, I, 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 because I, he stuttered. He said, I, I, I'm going to do this. And so I let him go up in front of this uh, audience of these kids. And this child preached. He preached his two paragraphs. And that moment solidified for me that no matter what it is that we think somebody is capable of and is capable of contributing. We cannot limit them by the limitations of our own imaginations. That's right. That's right. So you got you got to be able to to recognize that everybody has something to give and everybody is willing to give. You just have to move out of accept the way them. so that they can do it. You have to accept them the way they show up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's hard for a lot of people. So here we are, you know, just regular black women living our regular black women lives. And yet behind that, my mother and her friends, like I said, have been funding an entire preschool for the market women of Freetown, Sierra Leone for a for two generations. They've been doing that. And that's just them getting together and having tea. Literally, they get together, they have tea, and they write checks. Yeah. They get together, they have tea, and they write checks. Mm -hmm. And a school gets raised. So we can do it. So we can do it. We can build community. We can build the beloved community. All we have to do is want to. Mm -hmm. That's it. I'm Wanda Olubala, and this is my podcast, That Social Work Lady. Let's build community.